Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M I P. With Masamela Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. God bless you, everyone. Because Make It Plain, M I P, is a daily show, we have to produce the show and put it to bed the day before. So, in other words, today's show, like every day's show, is finished the day before. Today's show, November 4th, was produced November 3rd. And so, as a result, we put it to bed without yet knowing the results of the election. It was too early. But we thought we'd do something a little different anyway. And those of you who've listened to me over the years know the importance of holding all politicians, including both political parties, accountable. And so Reverend Barber joined us on yesterday to talk about what we do next. What does tomorrow bring no matter who wins? Take a listen, and I hope you enjoy it. Folks, we're back and here with us today, we have with us another very special guest, one who's been leading us for some time, getting us focused on today. He preached the word before Election Day on Sunday, giving us our charge in terms of what we must do. But I thought it'd be important to have him here today because what he and I have been talking about. And this is what a prophet of his stature must do. No matter who the winner is, we may not know 
tonight, tomorrow, what have you. But what are we called to do beyond Tuesday, Election Day, beyond November 3rd? And who better than one of the greatest prophets of our generation to join us and talk to us? First of all, let me say good afternoon to him and see how he's doing. The Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, sir, how are you? God bless you. Well, I'm doing well. I'm I'm here with my son today, um, my my middle son, and we are analyzing, watching, you know, the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. Uh, we've been working on this campaign call. We must do more mobilizing, organizing, registering, educating people for the movement who vote. By this past Friday, we had contacted peer to peer. 2 million poor and low wealth infrequent voters in eight states. 20% of those decided to vote early. They had not voted before. It's 400,000 people. And then we recontacted the other uh, 1.6 million. Uh, we're being told that that's a very high number of success. You know, we're fully engaged uh, in, this, in this election uh, process. And um, thank you, Mark, for all that you continue to do, you know, You've been telling us that we have to not only wake up, but we have to stay woke. <laughs> and uh, I've been recently looking at a song entitled, It's Not the Waking, It's the Rising. And it talks mm. about how you have to wake up and get up because you can't wake up and stay in bed. You have to do mm. something with being woke, right? Uh, yes. And uh, it's a powerful song by a guy named Hoosier who wrote it in tribute to Nina Simone. Y'all play it sometime. It's called, It's Not the Waking, It's the Rising. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We will definitely look for that. I know you're very busy. You've been mobilizing. Again, you preached a good word to us, Bishop, on Sunday. But let's, let's say it's the day after or several days after. Mm -hmm. Give us a word, if you would, on what we're, you know, and we've been seeing some of our black men, some have been targeted for suppression and disinformation, but even in the confusion, there are some legitimate questions that are raised. Exactly. Yeah. What is being done for us? What more should be done for us? Do we demand as much from Democrats as Republicans, all of that? So regardless, mm -hmm. give us a, a word about, as you and I have discussed in private, going a little further down the Jericho Road, not only to help the man by the side of the road, but to improve the conditions in the city before yeah. he arrives. Well, you know, Mark, you and I have these conversations. They probably think we're a little nutty, but they are the kind of prophetic conversations or what we call prophetic inquiry. Now, it is interesting to me, Mark, that in the scriptures, the Bible actually teaches that every king, every ruler needs a prophet or prophets. Isaiah, uh, you know, talked to all the kings. Pharaoh needed Moses. David needed Nathan. And, and, and David was a good king, but he still had to be pushed. Mm. Pharaoh was a bad king, but he still needed to be pushed. Uh, and you go to the New Testament, Paul had to challenge Herod, but he also had to challenge those who said they were almost persuaded, but they weren't always there. Martin Luther King had to challenge Kennedy Johnson, and he had to speak out against um, Goldwater, who wanted to be uh, uh, president. 
So we don't have the luxury, even if we endorse. And, you know, I did something this year I, I had not done, and I don't know when, made a personal decision, not connected to any organization, to in this moment endorse uh, the Biden-Harris team because normally I do nonpartisan and trust the people to know who to vote for. But my daughter raised the question for me after the last debate and said, Daddy, these folk are killing people. And then she said, no, Daddy, they could kill me because my daughter has a pre-existing condition. You know about it. You prayed for her. Uh, she's well, but she was saying she has a pre-existing condition. And when you have a group of politicians or a party like the Republican Party under Trump and McConnell, they're so ruthless that they will fight to put one woman on the Supreme Court, but they won't fight to pass a stimulus to keep thousands out of a casket. Mm. You can't be ambivalent. Yeah, You can't be ambivalent when a party is, is engaged in outright uh, necropolitics, the politics mm. of death. Mm. Uh, I mean, you just can't be ambivalent. You have to say, no, that's Pharaoh. Or you have to say, like Nathan said to David, thou the man. Or you have to say, like Esther said, if I, I'm going to the king, if I perish, I perish. But even with in the endorsement, you also have to say to the ones we endorse. Now, when you get if you win this office, we didn't endorse you for normal. We didn't vote for you to go back to normal because Democrats have to be challenged uh, that a lot of times when they have had power, they didn't use it. That's right. You know what Trump is really his problem is he had power, but he used it before the wrong thing. Yeah. Democrats too often have had power and then been too cautious to use it for good. Uh, mm. Trump is too zealous. McConnell is too zealous to use it for evil. And both create problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the King said it's not always what bad folk do. I paraphrase, but it's the silence of good people. Amen. So when Democrats had both the Senate and the House and the presidency, they could have passed living wages, right? They could have done immigration reform. They, they could have done uh, universal health care for everyone. They did, which is one of the things that has driven down voting. You know, I'm always amazed when people keep saying, oh, these southern states, they're in play this year. Well, you and I have been telling folk they've been in play. Right. <laughs> you, you told them like years ago, Dr. King said in 65, that every time a black and white people had the potential to change the political landscape, the aristocracy, the bourbon class souls division, there's been an illusion over the South. The demographics have been there. The problem is there has not been intentionality with funding, intentionality with organizing, and intentionality with bringing black and white and Latino poor folk together from in the South and the South and the South and the, and the Sun Belt. And we've allowed that illusion that Pat Buchanan and, and Kevin Phillips and Richard Nixon created to exist. And Democrats walked away from the South and created what they call their blue wall. And then their blue wall fell apart in 2016. And so they've not been in the South. These states, the numbers are there. I've been, I've been crunching the numbers, Mark. We, you know, we know right now that in Texas, in North Carolina, Georgia, you're talking about all you need is less than 15 percent, 20 percent of poor, low wealth people to vote an agenda. And all of those states change. I mean, that's those are the numbers right now. Yeah. And what has happened is COVID has forced people to think about life and not wedge issues. That's what's happening. 
And when this is all over, you're going to see the numbers and you're going to see poor and low wealth people and black and white people form coalitions around the issues of life, the issues of their lives. And and that's 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 the coalition. And then you're going to see that Democrats were forced to come south and you're going to see all this action that's going on and black vote matter and poor people campaign. And I mean, we did a hundred and two hundred thousand uh, peer to peer in Georgia alone and another couple quarter million in North Carolina. But my point is, you know, Democrats have to be clear that people are not voting for normal or going back to normal. And so where must we stand on this Jericho Road called the American experience, regardless of who wins? Well, first of all, to answer that question, we must ask where what's going on on the Jericho Road. Regardless of, even if we know tonight who wins, that's not going to change the fact that 9 million plus people have COVID. That's going to be a, that's, that's going to be there. That's not going to change the fact that we're headed toward 300, 400,000 people that are dying unnecessarily, hundreds, thousands of them from COVID. That's not going to change the fact, however this turns out, this Friday, there will still be over 140 million poor and low-wealth people in this country. And there will still be 700 people a day dying from poverty on top of those dying from COVID. Mm -hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way to January is not going to change the fact that there are 87 million people in this country who didn't have health care or were underinsured before COVID, another 27 million don't have health care now since COVID, which is 114 million people. It's not going to change that that we've had 30 some million people, millions of people who've lost their jobs. 40% of the jobs making $40,000 a year are gone. That we have 30 some million people facing eviction. That the majority of the people that are dying from COVID are black, but there's another number. The majority that are dying are poor and low wealth. And many of them are dying because they're working, doing the things that we need to service work. We call them essential, but before COVID, we called them service workers. Hmm. We changed their name, but we didn't give them the essentials we needed. It gave them a name change and a handcuff. Yeah, yeah. But before COVID, they were service workers, right? Um, it's not going to change that uh, we have uh, 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 um, 62 plus million people before COVID who were making less than a living wage. And there's not a county in this country where you can work a minimum wage job every day of the week, eight hours a day, and afford a basic two-bedroom apartment. None of these facts are going to change. It's not going to change tomorrow, whoever wins, that there are 4 million folk that get up every day can buy unleaded gas and can't buy unleaded water. Mm. It's not going to change tomorrow that we spend $800 billion in in the military economy. And if we even cut, if we cut that in half, we would still have more money in our military than China, Russia, Iran, Iraq combined and North Korea combined. And the fact still remains that we spend right now 54 cents of every discretionary dollar in military expenditures, not going to the troops, mostly going to, to uh, the industrial military industrial complex. Yes. And we spend less than 16 cents of every dollar 
on education infrastructure. And Dr. King told us any nation that spends that much kind of money in militarism is on a downward spiral towards spiritual death. And 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 fry and tomorrow is not going to change the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white evangelicalism that's out there. So that means that regardless of who gets elected, we may be able to celebrate that something that people get elected, the Senate changes that gives us possibility to push. But possibility is not finality. Mm. Possibility is just that, possibility. Or we may get someone to get elected who's going to get worse. Who's going to get worse like like, like President Jackson did, who's, who, by the way, is Trump's hero in the 1800s, who was a slaver and who, was a, who committed genocide against indigenous people. He got worse before the Civil War because he was in the 1840s. Right. Uh, you know, the, the Supreme Court got worse after the election in the 1840s and the 1850s before the Civil War. So, but either way, the abolition movement had to stay steady. And either way, we have to stay steady. Either way, we the Jericho Road's got to change. We have to stay steady until we win healthcare in this country that is attached to people's body and not to their jobs. Mm. Because we're the only of the 25 wealthiest countries that, that, that doesn't provide health care just because you're a human being. That we, have to stay, we have to stay steady, Mark, because 54% of black folk will still be making less than a living wage. We can't rest until we have 15 in a union, and 15 in a union is $5 less than what it would be if, it had been, if the minimum wage was indexed based on inflation. And so we can't have 15 in the union 15 years from now. <laughs> we need it now. Mm-hmm. We, we have to stay steady because we've got 60.9% of black folk that live in poverty and low wealth, which means even if you elect somebody who's black on tomorrow, we got to push them too, because how can poverty and low wealth not be a central issue for black folk? If 60.9% of your people are poor and low well, how, you know, you can't, how, you know, like for instance, folks say, well, we, we're going to fight for black folk and we're going to fight for black businesses. Well, how black businesses going to survive if black people don't have money to spend them? So you can't just have an agenda for black businesses and not have an agenda for black folk. And you can't change poverty with charity. You can't change poverty just with a few folk getting businesses. There has to be government policies around guaranteed income, around around living wages, around health care, around fundamental increasing of public education, around free college uh, university, public college university. You, you know, you just can't. You just it, it, poverty is so entrenched, and so the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth. These things remain true. You know, some folk had asked me, well, what are you going to do on the 4th and the 5th? And I was saying, what do you mean? And they, I said, the first thing we need to do is run through the third. You don't, you don't, you don't wave, put your hands up in a race and you haven't ran through the tape. That's how you lose. So I'm not thinking about, I already know what we have to do the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Because the issues aren't going to change because of what happens today. 
Now they said, well, what if Trump does it? I said, well, Trump's going to say a whole lot of stuff. That's just a bunch of lies. He's, he, you know, he's going to say, he's going to declare this. He can declare himself a ham sandwich. It doesn't mean he is. I mean, there's, there's processes, there's legal matters, but the larger matters are, the we still need a third reconstruction, Mark, not just a reckoning. You've said it, I've said it. A reckoning is like you're going to get folk. Okay, I get that. And there are times you have to get at folk. But we must have a third reconstruction that brings together people of all races, creeds, and colors, and all geographies around addressing these five issues of systemic racism, systemic poverty, ecological devastation, denial of health care, and the war economy, and how it is undermining our community. And even on the race thing, we have to have a, an adjusting of race because on the fourth, on the fifth, Latino immigrants will still have an immigration, an unjust immigration system and black folk from other primarily black countries that want to come here from other black nations who have immigration problems. Right. Indigenous people will still have 60% poverty on these re reservations. See, our moral consciousness can't just be about just black folk. Poor folk in the Appalachia that I've gone, and you, you, you're going to go with me when we get over COVID, yeah. those folk would still, you know, be, be without income and food and water in, 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 in Kentucky and West Virginia. And so we on this Jericho Road, we have to be about the business of changing it. Now, my prayer is that we'll have a new Senate a new house, a new new presidency. Uh, we'll have some, a new General Assembly in North Carolina that gives us the possibility to push. But we also must know that there is the possibility when people get power that they govern differently than they talked. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they govern differently than they talked. Right. Mm -hmm. And they start talking about all the people they need to make up with rather than all the people that voted for them that they need to make it right with. And there is something worse than the anger at Donald Trump. Lorraine Hansberry said, what happens to a dream deferred? Mm. If all these folk turn out to vote. And it changes things. And then in the first 50 days of a new administration, they don't see any real positive. You notice I didn't say the first 100 days. Yes, in right. the first 50 days, yeah, yeah. they don't see some real tangible policies. And then in the first 100 days, they don't see any real tangible policies. And then they start being told, well, we got to slow down and we don't want to go too fast and we don't want to be too aggressive after they have seen outright meanness be just as aggressive as it can be. And if people ever get feel like their dream is deferred and they move to a place of despair, you might not be able to get them back. Mm. Mm. You yeah. might not be able to get them back. So this is the time that who, and we have to push. We have to say to folk, even if we endorsed you, we have to say, we did not endorse you for normal. No. We did not endorse you for normal. 
We endorsed you to make the transform. And look, and all we're asking for, Mark, we just did a study with the Economic Policy Institute. And you know what they said? A moral budget is a good economic budget. They have the numbers. And they actually said that if we don't do some major things, particularly with the effects of COVID, that, that we will move from depression to a catastrophic economic downfall. And it doesn't have to be that way. But it's going to require something more than neoliberalism. And it's going to require something more than just t- tinkering around the edges for the middle class. And so the reality is this agenda we're talking about and addressing these issues, we are not asking for anything more than when you, when, when every, whoever's elected president, vice president, most of them are going to put their hand on a Bible. All right. Inside that Bible, it says the nation is going to be judged. And I don't mean I don't think that judgment mark always means judged like at the end of time. I think that judgment also means there's a judgment that can come in time because the country can't be right until you do right <laughs> by all of God's people. So it says the country is going to be judged by how it treats the least of these. Yes, all sir. we're asking is if you're going to put your hand on that Bible, then do that. Do that. Do right. Put the least of these first in public policy. If you lift from the bottom, everybody gets lifted. The second thing, all we're asking is you be true to that Constitution. The first principle is establish justice. And ain't nothing just about 62 million people working every day for less than a living wage. Not just about every congressperson having public health care. You know, really, every congressperson, every senator has, and president has public health care because we pay for it. They got a public option. That's right. For it. I think a senator sits, only has to serve six years to get a full pension. Mm. They have never voted to decrease their wages. So just do for the people what you've done for yourself. Mm. Establish justice. And if you do that, then the people will say, you know what, when I vote, and put people in office, it matters. And it really does make a difference. And we who are moral agents, I don't know if we're prophet or prophets or we're pro- prophetic inquirers, we cannot put these issues back. So, you know, somebody asked me what I was going to do tomorrow if, you know, Biden Harris wins. You know, it's a strange thing, Mark. When you work, when you move in the moral arena and the biblical arena, like you and me in the prophetic arena, <laughs> you don't have the luxury of being overly celebratory. Right, right. There's always a cautious celebration. You you take a few minutes and you say, "Thank God for what you've done. Thank God for the people turning out. Thank God for maybe sitting down a, a, a narcissistic modern day despot." And, and his marauding band of politicians and political operatives. But after that, you still have to get back and say to those who are elected, do justice, yeah, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. Amen. You know, Amen. Yeah, we have strange politics in this country, man. And, uh, and, and you know what I don't want to hear? I, I mean, I'm just saying it. Damn a compromise. Mm. Right. Prophetic voices don't. See, because it amazes to me how 
you know, all the compromises have been bad. That's true. <laughs> and we've gone to brunt of them. You talk about a third reconstruction. Right. Reconstruction ended on a right. double compromise. Yeah. We, I mean, the three-fifths compromise, if you think, mm-hmm. was bad. Mm-hmm. The, the, the 64 Civil Rights Act, they compromised that down. That's why Martin had to go back for the Voting Rights Act and, and, and then the economic piece, because all that was supposed to be in the 64 Civil Rights Act. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this history. You know it because you read, <laughs> but they don't know this history. So the 64, that's why in 60, in 60, um, in, in 64, you know, Malcolm went off in Detroit over what wasn't in the 64 Civil Rights Act. And he criticized the civil rights leader rightfully, on, in fact, because he says, see there, that, you know, it was supposed to be about jobs and justice and so forth and so on. But then it got watered down, watered down. Now, I'm not suggesting it was bad. I'm not suggesting that. And I'm, I know the times when it, but my point is, every time we're compromised, the Affordable Care Act was a compromise. And so it, it, what did it do? It, it did two things. It allowed the states to get out. It, 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 uh, uh, they didn't have to opt in. And it left out millions of people. Am I saying it's bad? No, I wish we had expanded in North Carolina. But whenever there's these kind of so-called political compromises, it's almost as though the least of these, the poor and black folk and all get the worst part of the compromise. Mm -hmm. One thing we have learned from these extremists that call themselves Republicans is they don't compromise. Yeah, no, never. So why, if you get power, would you turn around now? and compromise on what you know is right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just do what's right and let the chips fall where they may. But for God's sake, don't get this power and then go over and compromise with people who wouldn't compromise with you. Yeah. <laughs> never. We'd never compromise. They, they Have they compromised anything over the last three years? No. Nothing. So you don't need, if you get power, you don't need to worry about them. They need to sit on the back bench and be quiet. And if they don't be quiet, let them holler. But you vote on what's right. If they were bold enough to vote on what's wrong without a compromise, you ought to be bold enough to vote on what's right without a compromise. Yes, sir. The American, you know, and that's what the prophetic has to say. And you know what they'll say, though. I had a black legislator tell me one time. So you do you want us to win or do you want us to fight for what's right? I said, it's not either or. I said, because, you know, aren't you glad Harriet Tubman and Freddie Douglas didn't compromise for a long weekend? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I mean, you know, really, the Jericho Road has to be changed. That's what Martin was trying to say. It's one thing to help the guy on the side of the road, but there comes a time you got to say the road is structured wrong. That's why people keep falling and keep being beaten and keep being hurt. So what you have to do is change the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not to mention, that's an apt uh, analogy or metaphor to Bishop Barber, because the road is damaged with potholes. Yeah. And they won't even fix the infrastructure in this country that could that provide could. some of the jobs and provide a living wage. Exactly. Exactly. If, if we had the kind of infrastructure job, look, King called for a Marshall Plan. Jesse Jackson, way back yonder, was talking about we needed 
uh, a Marshall Plan. We know we're going to need major investment. If you do it in the area of ecological, fixing ecological devastation and infrastructure, you can put this country to work. And if you pay the living wage, see, the living wage is not giving anybody anything. You pay right now, if you said $15 and a union or just $15 minimum wage, that's 49 million people out of poverty immediately. But that's also $368 billion a year in the economy. Hello. Right? Same thing with healthcare. All of those things have a investment measurement. Mm-hmm. We've lived, we've allowed people to say it's giving stuff away. No, it's investing. Yes. Joseph Stiglitz's book, he's one is one of the best books that's not the Bible, but it follows, in my estimation, the biblical principle. He raised his book is called The Cost of Inequality. Mm. He says, we often talk about what is the cost to fix it. We never talk about what is the cost to let it stay the same. What are we losing? Right. And what are we losing? And and that's the question that we've got. And you're right. If if we would fix the potholes, if we would fix the potholes um, uh, just in the roads, but not only the potholes in the road, the potholes in the society itself. Uh, a, a country with everybody working is a prosperous country. Yeah, a country where people have basic, uh, guaranteed income is not a socialist idea. It's a prosperous country because you're gonna pay one way or the other. Yes, sir. You know you're gonna pay one way or the other, but if you pay and invest in the community, and if folk are not rooted in just straight greed, billionaires, Mark, have made since March eight hundred. And forty-five billion dollars in COVID. Mm. Make money off of COVID. Yes, sir. Doing COVID and all of the and you think about all this money that we're giving to these pharmaceuticals, so-called warp speed, which is really a, an illusion because there is no warp speed to an to a vaccine. <laughs> My daughter's a PhD in in epidemia public health. You can't walk speed of vaccine because you have to make sure. Well, you could and end up with I am legend. You remember that move? Right, right. <laughs> that, that's what happened from a walk speed vaccine. That's what that movie is about, right? Right. They gave everybody this vaccine. It turned folk into monsters and so forth and so forth. I mean, it's a movie, but the point is you can't walk speed of vaccine. You can you can push it along, but you still have to follow certain a test and it has to go through human trial. So we give all this money to these corporations and none of these billions of dollars we've given the corporation. Have we said to them now, when you get this vaccine, it's going to be free. Mm. Mm. How do you do that? Right. Get all this, my money to make something and then turn around and charge me for it too. To save my life, but more importantly, to save other people's lives because everybody gets vaccine. Once there is a vaccine, you not only protect yourself, you protect other people. Amen. Amen. The Jericho Road, my brother, has some problems. Whatever happens tomorrow, that road is still going to be there and still need to be changed. My prayer is that we'll at least have some folk elected that we can push to fix the road and to work on the road 
But believe you me, we will not be able to leave even the good people to themselves. Mm. It was it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt that told A. Philip Randolph, go out and make me do it. Yeah. It was a widow in the Bible who kept knocking on the king's door persistently that forced even an unrighteous king to do the right thing. It was in 1965, the picture you've got on your screen today. Yep. The election year was 1964. Johnson and them weren't going to automatically give. And a lot of the people that voted for the Voting Rights Act, they were not elected to vote for the Voting Rights Act. They were elected not to vote for the Voting Rights Act. Yes, sir. But the people elected to change the political atmosphere to force those who would sit back not to sit back because they knew this experiment called the Jericho Road needed to be changed. And so King encouraged people to vote for Johnson. Mm -hmm. But then after the election, he got all up in Johnson's business. (laughs) He sure did. Am I telling the truth, Mark? A a Democrat. See, we've changed y'all. That's right. That's right. You know, Dr. King didn't matter who was in the White House. No, sir. He gave all of them hell. Didn't matter if he endorsed them. That's right. And as a matter of fact, I mean, it wasn't a thing. See, nowadays we say, some of us in the movement say, well, let's elect Democrats so we can try to get something and not hold Republicans accountable. And then Democrats get in and then all these compromises. Mm -hmm. What Dr. Barber has done, what Bishop Barber has done, I want everybody to understand this, uh, 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 is this. By resurrecting what Dr. King did with the Poor People's Campaign, John Henry Clark taught us, and we still have not always learned, when the leader is taken from us and we're on chapter 13, bury and mourn the leader, but turn to chapter 15. Mm -hmm. And what Barbara has done, you all, by resurrecting the Poor People's Campaign, it also gives us an opportunity to resurrect the atmosphere in total that Dr. King had in place before he was taken from us. And I want to be very specific. Go watch. If you want to do something, I, I even make it fun for you. Go and watch the movie all the way with uh, Cranston, who plays LBJ in the movie. Uh-huh. And the opening scene in the movie is him reading the paper to see what Dick Gregory and Dr. King are saying about him in the paper that morning. Uh-huh. The president, the Democratic president, didn't do anything else. He didn't wake up tweeting from the toilet stool. Mm -hmm. He got up to see what the movement was saying about him and how it was assessing him and how it was judging him. And so no matter who's in that White House, we need to continue to build a movement powerful enough that they worry, what's going on? What's going on? What what, what are they saying about me? What's Reverend Barber going to do today? What what are they going to demand of me today? That is the atmosphere that we're talking about. That's one of the reasons that this time when we built the campaign, we learned from some things. We did a lot of reading and studying and talking to people. We built it with state coordinating committees so you can't take no one person out. Hello. Just being honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Built it with co-chairs and tri-chairs. So it's not, and it's built at the state level up so they can hold accountable the Senate and the state offices and we're continuing to build power and, you know, every every coordinating committee is connecting up to about 30,000 people in each state. That's 1.5 million people we can touch at any moment. 
and growing. And 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 I tell you something that the first time I announced, it, I'll say it on your show. On January, June 20, we had the Mass Poor People's Assembly Moral March on Washington. You were part of it. We had three million people to show up online. Yeah. We are not finished. We just didn't do it for COVID. We that's why I, you know, they would our, our people, um, our, our public health officials said not to do it, but we're coming. Yes. Back to DC. Okay. Yeah. I'm being very clear. When it's when it's possible, and it's and it's going to be diverse. It's going to be folk from every day, and it's around an agenda. You know, we have the moral jubilee justice agenda. We've already written a budget. We got economists to write our own budget. They're not going to tell us we don't have the money. We got a budget, got an agenda. It's been vetted. Nobody's going anywhere. So whoever's there, if it's Trump, then we got to intensify and embolden our agitation. If it's Biden and Harris. We've got to intensify and embolden our agitation, maybe from different perspectives, different ways, whatever it is. When we meet with the Black Caucus, the Progressive Caucus, all these caucus, we got to look at all the bills that are, are out there. We, when when people put signed bills, we got to know, are you serious about this bill being passed or are you just filing a bill? Because, you know, sometimes folks just file a bill as an appeasement. Right. But folk that are poor and hurting People that are dying during COVID now because this Jericho Road is so broken that people didn't even have resources to, in the bank or anywhere because they were already poor and low wealth. Yeah. You think about it, Mark. Eight million people fell further into poverty from May to September. Now, this is what I don't think I told you. We had already counted those eight million people because we counted them as being low wealth, which a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about poverty. See, the poverty measurement in this country is 55 years old. It's out of date. Yeah. It's yeah. 55 years old. Because basically what it says, Mark, if you make $12,800 a year as a single person, you're not poor. Well, come on, Mark. Come on. If you make $12,800 a year as a single person, you're not poor, according to... That's ridiculous. So we had already counted them. So that 8 million people that they said a few weeks ago fell into poverty. They meant they fell below the poverty line that's already flawed. They were already poor and low wealth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what? That's 53,000 people a day, Mark, from, yes, from March to September. That means 53,000 people fell into poverty a day. The percentage-wise, mostly black. In numbers, mostly white. We've got so we plan we plan to push and to come back and to keep on because we love this country enough. You know, we actually love the Jericho Road. It could be a beautiful road if we just fix it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, thank you so much, man. And thank we you. love y'all ways. We're gonna see what happens tonight tomorrow. Yeah. Careful with they Tom. You with your son today? Oh yeah. Yeah, Benjamin. He's okay. He's okay. I'm okay. Somebody put out our dead this morning. So I'm look, hey, <laughs> let me well, hold it. Let me be the first to declare the gospel. The tomb is empty, y'all, because he's here. With us. One day I'm going home, but I ain't gone yet, Doctor. Here's the gospel. Wait a minute, Reverend Barbara. Before you go, have a word for uh the black church pack bus is on the Jericho Road. Pastor Mike, yeah, say hello. Say hello to Pastor Mike before you go, Reverend Barber. Doc, Doc I, I, I just try to take them lessons you taught me at Duke and, and, and just hold down my side of the universe. Well, Doc, if you hold, we you hold one side, we hold the other, it's going to be hell, <laughs> brother. <laughs>
And look, it's gonna be if you hold down one side, not hold down, it's gonna be hell, and it's gonna be hell. Well, I, 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 I'm looking forward to both of them. We we gonna That's be right, in the middle. So let's try. If you see this visual right here on this camera, I'm in the middle, so I'm literally between fire and gasoline right here. Which y'all understand that? So you the Mac, right? You the Mac, right? It Maybe. don't take much. I know what Mac Bryan see. He Pentecostal all the way. It don't take all much. The way. Fire up right now. It don't, take, it don't take me a lot, Doc. But you know, I, right. I'm I'm being fueled by your your vision, your ministry, and uh, all all the lessons. Y'all don't know this, but Doc was my one of my seminary professors at Duke. Oh and no! So don't he, tell it, Doc. It make he, me old, he, Doc. He, he the reason why I'm so <laughs> radical. You know, I I, I, I I tried to I tried to hold it down, but it just won't stay stay in the belly. No, Doc. And Mark, <laughs> what they don't know, what people don't also know. Is all these movements? We see they don't know how unified we are. We might work in different spaces, but they don't know after this election. Oh yeah, and we don't even have to be in the same space to be in the same space. That's, That's what right. folks don't understand. Well, well hold it. Let, let me break down this metaphor. We we preaching the word here. Uh, <laughs> let me break this metaphor. On the Jericho Road, there's more than one lane. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's all. <right. laughs> and and. and uh, 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 Pastor Mike might be driving the black church pack bus. That's right. That's I might be, you know, in my uh, economical Jeep and Rem Bob, Bishop Bob and his Rolls Royce, but we all in the beat. <laughs> oh, Lord. Put, don't put the poor man on the road. Uh, uh, we, ju we, we, just, we just call that, we just call that the caravan for justice and liberation. And That's I'm, all I'm, it is. I'm glad Ooh. to be, I'm glad to be in, in, the, in the fight and in the journey with everybody. Yeah, and, and see, what folk don't know, Mark, is the sophistication we have now of past times is that, that we don't have the ego. So, there's not a thing Mike's fighting for that I don't agree with. Amen. There's not a thing on our agenda. We're doing it. We bring some people in. They may not be where they, but at the, I like the metaphor. I'm going, I'm going to leave on this the, of, of, of the, um, of, um, when, um, it's called Braveheart. And, 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 and the guy, and William, um, his name was William, um, Anyway, he was the he was the main actor. William Wallace. William Wallace. William Wallace, William right. Wallace says, "You go that way. <laughs> I'm going this way. We gonna meet in the center. We gonna meet at the center, Doc. That way we gonna meet in the center. And we and, and when you meet in the center, that means you done cleared out everything. Get him live. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. So we gonna meet in the center. God bless y'all. Take you. care, and Bob. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much for that, Reverend Barber, folks talking to us about what we do, no matter. Who wins? Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.